Amen. Hey, last Sunday morning, uh, man, it was, it was incredible, right? Last Sunday morning was, was a big, big deal, and the testimonies that you just heard and saw just sort of barely scratched the surface of what happened um, this past Sunday. So let me recap it for you really quickly as we're getting started this morning. The, the biggest and most important thing that happened last Sunday morning is that, that three students came forward and, and made the ultimate commitment by trusting in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they, as Alec talked about, yeah, give it up for them. I'm sure they're here, right? So as Alec talked about earlier, right, they moved from death to life, right? They, they moved from being apart from God to a relationship with God as they trusted in Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior. And that's huge, that's amazing, and that's what we hope and pray uh, continues to happen, that all of us, no matter where we're at, continue to take the next step and grow closer in our love relationship with Jesus. And in addition to that, many of us, most of us, at probably at some point um, this past Sunday, made commitments as well. We prayerfully worked through this card, and, and we committed to some very specific things, right? The, the first thing that, that we committed to was to intentionally walking with Jesus more closely and more intimately. We've talked about our hearts several times already this morning, and so that's why at the very beginning of this, uh, of Multiply, the very beginning of, of the commitment time last Sunday, we focused on our hearts and on our own personal walks with Christ, and we talked about taking the next step and really growing and investing our time, our energy, our efforts into that love relationship with Jesus. And then we flipped the card over and we invested in, or we committed to something else. We committed, let me phrase it a little bit different than we committed, than we talked about last Sunday. This is what you committed to as you wrote names down on here. You committed to loving people, okay? We committed to loving people so much that we were going to share the love of Jesus with them, right? We committed to loving people so well that we were going to share the most important thing in our life. We were going to share the one that gives us life with the other people that are in our life. We're going to share Jesus with people, and that's why we talked about it for several weeks. We didn't want to spring it on you on a Sunday morning. Six weeks ago, we first showed you this card and asked you to begin praying for people that God's placed in your life. And when you committed last Sunday, you prayed about, you thought about their name, you wrote their name down. And that was a commitment intentionally, strategically, on purpose to begin praying for people that God's placed in your life and committing to loving them so much, loving them enough to share the hope that we have for life with them. And then finally, we committed to just trusting God with our resources, with everything that he's given us, ultimately helping us think about how we can use what God has given us to glorify him. Right, How we can use the things that God has blessed us with, that God has allowed us to have or to steward, to ultimately bless and honor Him. And, and, and you might hear me say this a few times this morning, my hope and my prayer for myself and for all of y'all, and it's going to be an ongoing hope and prayer for, for quite a long time, is that this was a commitment we made and not just a card we filled out. That this was a commitment we made and not just a card we filled out and dropped somewhere. Man, I hope that we're committed to growing in that love relationship with Christ deeper and deeper and deeper. I hope that we're committed to loving the people around us enough to share Christ with them. And I hope that we're committed to using everything that God has made available to us to bring glory and honor to Him. 
That's what we did last Sunday morning. It was an incredible day. And hearing you guys talk about what God did in your hearts was incredible. Hearing you think about how you felt like God was preparing you to commit was incredible. And we're going to keep praying for you guys as we move forward. Some of you might have missed last Sunday. Uh, and you think, oh man, I've, I've, I've been praying about that. I feel like God's called me to do those things as well. Here's the deal, right? You, you didn't miss out. Uh, I think that, that Ryan and Brooke have put some of these cards uh, on little posts around the outside of this. So at the end of the message, we're going to worship again. If you feel like you, you're ready to fill one of these out, you didn't do it this past Sunday morning, um, then I want to encourage you, go get one of these and fill it out and, and give it to one of the staff members, give it to a life group teacher, give it to somebody, and we'll make sure that we get that turned in for you guys as well, um, if you missed last Sunday morning. So it was a big, big day. Um, we learned a lot uh, about God as we've walked through the Multiply series. We've seen how God is faithful, how God keeps his promises, how God always provides, and we've been doing it by studying the life of a man. I want you to think for a second about who that man is that we've been studying. And then when I say now, I want you guys to tell me in unison the name of that man. And don't think, oh, I know it, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to speak up and I'm going to let the people next to me say it. If you do that, I'm going to think you don't know it. And I'm going to think, man, we've talked the last five weeks and they, they have, I don't think they've been listening to us. So the name of the man, I want you to think about it. And if you don't know who it is, lean into your neighbor and say, who is it? What's the name I'm supposed to say? And they'll tell you. You can share amongst yourselves, right? And we're going to take this little test together. There, this is a neighbor can help you on the test kind of thing. We've been studying the life of, go. Abraham, yes, very nice, good, 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 okay, now, now you can't cheat on this one, right, you cheated on that last one, I saw some of you doing this, right, so this one is an on your own kind of test, you got to answer this one without somebody else's help, can you do it, if you can do it, say yes, yes. all right, we'll see, all right, we've been studying Abraham by reading through what book of the Bible, yeah, I didn't even give you time to cheat. That's perfect. That makes me so happy. We've been walking through this together. Now, like this is the extra credit portion of the test because we haven't done this yet. We haven't talked about this yet. We're just going to see who gets extra credit this morning. Um, and I'm not sure what it applies to, but we'll just call it extra, right? We've been in the Old Testament in Genesis looking at the life of Abraham. Abraham. Now we're going to flip to the New Testament. And we're still going to look. We're still going to look at the life of Abraham. There's a portion of Scripture in the New Testament. Well, there's several, right? But there, there's one big one that points us to the life of Abraham, and it's in the book of? For real? Wow. Hebrews. I'm, uh, I'm blown away. I'm very excited. Open up your Bible at Hebrews chapter 11, okay? And as you're opening up to Hebrews chapter 11, I want to tell you a few things about it. The first thing is this. It's called the Hall of Fame. Who knows what a Hall of Fame is? Right? If you're a really good baseball player, you go into the Hall of Fame because you're the best of the best and they want to celebrate and highlight what you've done. Hebrews 11, a lot of times, is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it, it, it recounts or gives details about the lives of people um, in the Old Testament that showed an incredible faith and incredible trust in God. A, a very, very huge passage of Scripture. And as you're flipping there, I'm going to start actually in Hebrews chapter 10. And I just want to read two verses out of Hebrews chapter 10 that, that I think maybe help us understand the mindset of the people that we see in Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews 10, 34, it says this, and I'm going to have to explain this, but it says, for you had compassion, he's talking to Christians, 
a specific group. He says, you guys had compassion on people in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding and an eternal possession, right? Verse 39, I'm going to skip a few. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who shrink back, are not destroyed, but of those who have faith, say faith. faith. We have faith. Right? We preserve our souls. Here's what's going on. Right? There are some believers that had found themselves in prison. Uh, and the way that, that prison would work then, you weren't like, guaranteed a certain amount of meals or food or, or whatever. Uh, oftentimes you had to rely on people outside of prison to provide for you, to protect you, to, to help you out, to give you what you needed. And there were some Christians that had been imprisoned uh, for their faith. There are some Christians that are outside of prison. Now let me tell you what those outside of prison had to, to decide. They had to decide, are we going to continue living life the way we're accustomed to living life? Are we going to do what we're doing? Are we going to have the stuff that we have? Are we going to have the lives that we have so, and sort of just sort of mind our own business and go out about our business the way that we normally do? Or are we going to take care of the people that we identify with in Jesus? Are we going to take care of the other Christians? And if they took care of them, more than likely, they would be showing the people around them, hey, we're Christians too, we're identifying with them. There would be a little bit of shame in that from people and the potential to have their stuff taken from them, to, to, to be, be robbed. I mean, they'd have to, to give it up kind of thing. Verse 34 says that the Christians made a choice. They were going to have compassion on those in prison, and it says that they lost their stuff. They sacrificed what they had for the good of other people, right? They understood that we've got one life, and ultimately the things that we do in this one life that affect eternity are what really matters. It's not just about gathering a bunch of stuff for ourselves. So they lost all their stuff. And I want you to look back at verse 34. How did they lose it? What's the word? They lost it a specific way. It says joyfully. Look at verse 34. They joyfully accepted that it's all going away. They joyfully accepted the plundering of their stuff, and they did it for a specific reason. They joyfully accepted it because they knew that something else was coming. They joyfully accepted it knowing that the end of verse 34, they had a better possession, an eternal possession was coming. It's not just about the here and now. They're thinking about the future. It's not just about what happens around them in this life and their houses in their neighborhoods with their people. They're thinking about eternity and what God has waiting for them. We, we see that in the, the life that, that's played out here in Hebrews chapter 10, and I really think that's what we see in Hebrews chapter 11. That hall of fame is a group of people that aren't necessarily thinking about right here, right now, making this the most important thing to them. Jesus is the most important thing to them, right? The eternity is the most important thing to them. Heaven is the most important. That's where their focus is. It's not here. It's there. It's not right now, it's what's coming next. And, and I think that, that we see that in the life of Abraham because we, we see him thinking and trusting in God, thinking about the promises and the long-term plan of God. He's able to have faith, trust, and obedience in the moments of life. And we learn some big, big lessons from him. So look at Hebrews 11 now. Knowing that most of these people, right? Th these are people that are thinking about eternity, they're thinking about what God has promised. They're thinking about what's next. They're not so consumed by right here, right now. Their focus is on forever, 
right? Think about what that would do to us if our focus wasn't on right here, right now, if our focus was on forever. I think it would change a lot if we got to that point. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith, say faith. faith. We can do better. Faith. faith. There we go. Faith is the assurance, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by faith, the people of old received their commendation. And then it begins to work through the lives of these people. Look at verse 8. We're going to pick up Abraham in verse 8 here. It says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out and he did not know where he was going. Listen, the first thing that I want us to make sure we pull out of this is we're recapping Abraham's life here at the end now is this. Guys, we've got to trust in the promises of God. That's number one this morning. We have to trust in the promises of God. For Abraham, what was the promise? What did God promise him? What did he promise? A nation, I hear a son, I hear a blessing, I hear lamb. He's, he promised all of these things to Abraham. He promised Abraham some, some big, big things. He promised him land that was going to be an inheritance for, for his um, descendants, for his family, for the generations that would come. And he promised that Abraham was going to develop into a great nation. A lot of people were going to come from Abraham. Did he have any kids when God made that promise? No. He, was he an old guy when God made that promise? He was an old guy with no kids, and God said, you're going to have a great nation. There's no reason to believe that was actually going to happen unless he really trusted God. He trusted God, and he really thought that that was going to happen. Listen, there was no way for him to think he could leave where he was, leave the land that his father had, and go out and get someone else's land, but he trusted that God was going to provide, and, and God did provide over and over in his life. Listen, when you put verse 1 of Hebrews 11 and verse 8 together, we see that ultimately faith is trust in the promises of God. We are trusting that God is going to do what God has said he's going to do. Listen, God might not have spoken to you and to me like you spoke to Abraham and said, hey, you're going to have a son. Hey, I'm going to make you into a great nation. But we do have each and every one of us. Look up here. I want you to think about this. Each and every one of us has promises from God. We've got promises from God. They're right here. Right? Over and over and over again, we read God's word and we see promises from him. We know that, that he's promised us life by trusting in Jesus. We know that he's promised us peace. We know he's promised us hope. We know that he's promised us a future. We know that he's promised us he's never going to leave us or forsake us. We know that he's promised us a way out when there's temptation. We know that he's promised us wisdom when we ask for him and we seek him. Listen, there's promises of God that God has made to each and every one of us. Guys, as we look at Abraham's life, my prayer, my hope is that each and every one of us would learn that we can trust the promises of God. It's not just something on a paper that sits on our nightstand. I mean, these are living, active, real promises of God that each and every person in here can trust in. Guys, we can trust in the promises of God. We can have faith in the promises of God. We see that in Abraham's life from the time he took that very first step. He was called, he was obedient, and he went. He trusted in the promises of God to go. Did he know where he was going? 
No. God said, go to the place that I'm going to show you later. He didn't even know where he was going, but he had faith in the promises of God. He trusted in the promises of God. And I want to explain something just a little bit, because you might be thinking, man, that guy had incredible faith. Absolutely. He did have an incredible faith. His encounter with God shaped him and grew his faith. Okay? His encounter with God shaped him and grew his faith, caused him to step out in faith. And so for us, right, for us, I want you to think about this. Faith is not necessarily, I mean, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be better. That, that's not what I'm talking about here, right? Faith for us is all about God. Faith for us is about knowing God. Listen, the more we know God, the more we walk with God, the closer in intimacy we are with God, the stronger our faith is going to be. You see that in Abraham's life as we've looked at it from the time God called him to the time he was about to sacrifice Isaac. He built on it. He grew because of the walk and the relationship that he had with God. And it's this cycle, right? It starts with faith, and that faith leads to a place of obedience, right? We trust God, and as we trust God, we can do what God's called us to do. Look at verse 8 again. By faith, Abraham what? Obeyed. Abraham trusted God, and as Abraham trusted God, he was able to obey God. Look later in verse 8. It says, and he went out. So these are actions that are going along with his faith. Verse 9, we see that he's willing to live in tents, thinking about the future and not thinking about the here and now. We see in verse 11 that Sarah had faith, and so she was able to conceive and give birth to a kid. Guys, number one, right? we've got to trust in the promises of God, and number two, we've got to let our trust take us to a place of obedience. So number two is we've got to obey God, right? Our faith should cause us to do what God has called us to do. Think about Abraham for a minute. At the very beginning, he's sitting there and God calls him to go, right? It's a very clear thing. Abraham has heard God. God has called him to go. We know Abraham goes, right? But what if What if Abraham had done this instead? What if Abraham had said, hey, God, I know that you've called me to go. I have heard clearly from you that you have called me to go. I know that you think it's a good idea, but God, I tell you what, if you would let me stay here, I promise that I'm going to do this for you and this for you, and I think it would be a whole lot better for everybody, for you, for me, for everybody, if I had just stayed right here where I'm at, right? What if that was Abraham's response to God? Would you have said he has faith? Or no? No, probably not, right? If he would have reasoned his way to do what he wanted to do instead of what God called him to do. But he didn't do that. Instead, he responded and he trusts God. He didn't reason with God. He didn't say, God, let me stay here. He had faith, and that faith led to a place of obedience. Listen, later in, in the Bible, right, in James, the Bible says faith without works is, what was that? dead. And faith without works is dead. Man, if we've got faith in God, we're going to do what God has called us to do. Listen, there is no getting around that. Look up here, guys. If you would say that you have faith in God, if I would say that I have faith in God, I'm going to do what God has told me, what God has called me to do. The Bible says faith without works is dead. James 2.18 says, someone will say, you have faith, I have works. 
goes on to say, show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by our works. Then in verse 21, James talks about Abraham as well. It says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. Guys, our faith is going to result in obedience. Our faith is going to result in us doing what God has called us to do. There's no getting around that. All right, there's no getting around that. Our faith is going to result in obedience. Faith in God, trust in God, trust in the promises of God is going to lead to obedience to the words of God. We've got to do what God has called us, what God has told us to do. You might be thinking, okay, listen, I've got faith, but I don't know the word of God very well. What, what has God called me to do? What has God told me to do? It, lots of things, right? But, but, it, but it can come down to this, right? We talked about the very beginning of the year when we talked about what matters most. We said that the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us in Scripture was that we should love who? With all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God. We should love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if we have faith in God, that faith in God is going to cause us to love God more than anything. We sang it a second ago. Our heart will sing, our life will sing Jesus, right? That faith in God is going to result in a love for God. And the second command is like it. Then we should love our blank as ourself. Who should we love? Our neighbor, the people around us, right? So if you don't know where to start, if you don't know what you should be obedient to, let me just tell you to start with that. Love God with all your heart. Love the people that God has placed around you. And the most loving thing that you can do for another person is to lead them or point them closer to Christ. Because we can trust the promises of God. Second thing that we learn from Abraham is that our trust in the promises of God is going to result in obedience to God. And, and that's a big deal, guys, because when we're obedient, God steps in. When we're obedient, guys, God is at work. Look down at Hebrews 11, verse 17. Again, looking at Abraham, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. He offered up his son, who he received the promises in as an act of offering. Isaac, or Abraham offered up his only son, Isaac. And look at verse 19. It says, he considered, he believed, he trusted that God was able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Think back to last week. Right? We talked about how God again came to Abraham. We said that God came, the Bible says that God came to Abraham to test him, to see, right, if there's anything in his heart above his relationship with God. And we saw that, that Abraham was willing and ready to go through the sacrificing of his only son. And we see in Hebrews, looking back into it now, that he was willing and ready and able to do that because he was trusting that God was going to provide. He wasn't trusting in that moment that God was going to provide the ram and the bushes that ultimately is what he sacrificed. He was trusting that he was going to actually sacrifice his son and that God was going to be able to raise his son from the dead. Listen, when we trust God, we're obedient to God. I promise you guys, God does provide. It doesn't always look like the way we think it's going to look. It doesn't always happen the way we might want it to happen, but God promises it's always going to happen. God will provide. We've made a big deal about Abraham, right? We all remembered his name, 
I'm very proud of you guys. We all remember the book of the Bible that we walked through. A lot of you guys, most of you guys, knew that the book of Hebrews talks about him as well. So the Bible makes a big deal about Abraham. And all of those things are good. All of those things are right. But, but ultimately, Abraham's life is not about Abraham. Abraham's life is about God. I want you to hear that. Abraham's life ultimately is about God, the, the focus, the central point of everything that we're looking at as we read through the life of Abraham is God. And we've seen time and time again as we read through the life of Abraham that God is faithful to his word, that God is faithful to his promises. Time and time again, we see God doing exactly what God has said God was going to do ultimately for the glory of God. Listen, he asked Abraham to offer up Isaac, his son, his one and only son, the son that he loved. Listen, guys, he asked Abraham to think about later. He asked Abraham to think about the eternal instead of just the here and now. He asked Abraham to think about what was coming next. And, and listen, guys, Abraham, just like at the beginning, Abraham could have said, God, I, I don't understand that. Why don't I do this instead? God, I don't know how this is going to work out for your good. I don't know how this is going to work out for me. God, I, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do something else instead. He could have said, God, you're not asking me to do this. You need Abraham, you need Isaac to fulfill your promise. Like he could have reasoned his way out and just disobeyed God, but he didn't, guys. He was faithful to it. And we find ourselves in that same situation a lot. Right? Think about something that God might be calling you to give up right now. Right? Think about a command that, that God might be telling you. Think about something that God might be saying to you, that he might have been saying to you the past several weeks, and, and, and we're trying to reason with God about it. We might be saying, no, God, it's, it's okay for me to continue to do this. I can follow you, and I can do this over here. We might be thinking, it's okay, God, for, for me to watch this or to talk about this or to be with these people. Listen, I can be with them, and they're not going to interrupt my walk with you. I, I can be there. I can do it. I can make it happen. We might think, you know, I can date this person, and I can do it the right way, even though, God, I know you're telling me not to do it. We might be thinking, listen, I can be at work, and I can do what my boss wants me to do without compromising my integrity. God, I'm, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to walk through with it. We might be thinking, listen, I can click on this, or I can look on that, and it's not hurting anybody else, God. I can do this in private on my own. It doesn't involve anyone else. And we might be thinking and reasoning with ourselves how, right, we're going to do what God's called us to do, how we think that it could work out. We might think that what God's calling us to, if we end up making the decision, is going to end up terribly. We might think that it's not going to end up well. We might think that if we do this, if we talk to these people, if we have the conversations that God's called us to have, we don't see how it's going to work out. That's where Abraham found himself with Isaac. He's in this place where he's just not sure how it's going to work out. But still, in the midst of an impossible decision, in the midst of an impossible situation where God's asking him to give up so much, Abraham trusted God. He trusted the promise of God. And because he trusted in the promises of God, listen to this, he was obedient to God. See how those two things go hand in hand? He trusted God, and his trust made him obedient to God. Had Abraham not trusted God with Isaac, he would not have been obedient to God. Trust took him to obedience. Guys, it's going to do the same thing for me 
and for you. Our trust in the promises of God is going to lead us to being a people that are obedient to God. And guys, when we're obedient to God, right, we're, we're in that, that incredible position where we can sort of step back and watch God provide, where we can step back and watch God get glory, oftentimes in ways we never could have dreamed or thought about. But in Abraham's life, in Abraham's life, we learned that God, that God is trustworthy, and as we trust God, he'll give us everything that we need to be obedient to him. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.